Giving to God is something that was mandated under the old law, but it's still a principle that applies to your life today. God has given you the resources you have, so you're really giving back what's His. Today, Pastor Daniel will remind you that God tells you to test Him in your giving. He promises to take care of you and bless you abundantly in your generosity. Make a plan today to give back to God and see what He'll do in your life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel as he continues his message, Five Keys to Financial Freedom. made the covenant before God and to each other to be married, at that point there's a vision that that's the only girl for me for the rest of time. Just her. Right? So I go into every day, I'm not like, hey, I wonder who's going to catch my eye today. Because I'm already, that decision's been made. I have a vision. That girl is going to be stuck with me for the rest of her life. We're going to grow old together. I'm going to be all like, you know, crusty and she's still going to be cute as buttons and she's going to have to put up with me and we're going to be doing that together. And every time we see, like, we'll see a sweet older couple and they're walking, holding hands and, and I'm like, that's going to be me and you. You know what I mean? I always tell them, like, that's us in about 39 years, you know? Or especially if I see an older guy, like a grandfather with like a younger girl, like a granddaughter, I'm like, that's really going to be us because you're going to be young and I'm going to be old crusty, you know? And so it's like, there's a vision for that. And because there's a vision for that, there's lots of things that leave the table, right? And in the same way, in your walk with Jesus, like if you're like, as a follower of Jesus, Jesus said that a person shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Right? So then I think to myself, how often do I like to eat every day? All day long, right? If I could eat every second of the day, I would. I just think it's an amazing thing that God gave us food. Right? So if that's the way that it is, then how should I be looking at God's word? All day, every day. I don't just want to read the Bible in the morning in my quiet time. I want to think about it during the day. I want to have it memorized. I want to be thinking about it all day long. Because if a person should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, then I should be thinking of God's word all day long. Right? And so, again, it's a vision that you have for your life. And then you learn and you lean into that vision. And in the same way, I want to encourage you to create a budget for your finances that is based on a vision that God has given you. Now, I know someone's going to say, well, so Fusco, what's the vision? And I'm going to give you what I believe to be the single greatest 
piece of financial advice I ever got. And for me, this has been my vision financially for my family. And I believe it's so good that I'm just going to share it with you. And if you have your own vision, great. But if it's better than mine, I want to know about it because I would like a better vision. But I love this. So here it is. You ready? You give 10%, you save 10%, and you enjoy the rest. You give 10%, you save 10%, and you enjoy the rest. Now, let me explain that to you because I know it's like, I love it because it's so simple. And because it's so simple, it's almost scary. So here's the thing. Giving 10%. The Bible calls this the tithe. Now listen, some people say, Pastor Daniel, we're not under the law, we're under grace, so the tithe is old covenant. It's true. It is old covenant. But guess what? The law is God's standard for righteousness. And in the name of grace, God is going to have you be less generous than the law. Does that make sense? So at the very basis, God asks for the first fruits of his provision in our lives. So the first fruits go to the Lord. Now, someone's bound to say, do we give the first fruits on the net or the gross? And I'm here to tell you, if you're squabbling for those type of nickels, then you have a bigger problem. Does that make sense? It's like, because I've heard people say, if you're not giving on the gross, then God ain't blessing that. And I'm like, well, hold on. If, if you're really squabbling with God, like, it's like, there's a heart issue. But in the, the first tenth goes to the Lord. Now, what's amazing is, is, you know, I've always loved reading business books. I've been fascinated by it. If I wasn't a pastor, I would have loved to have been uh, working as an entrepreneur in the business world. And when you read the business books, they always say you got to pay yourself first. And then they pay all your bills second. But the thing is, is that's what you say when you don't know Jesus, right? When you know Jesus, you pay God first. Because you realize all that you have is his. The only reason you got anything is because God gave it to you. The gifts that you have to make that money, that comes from God. All the ability and the talent that you have, that comes from God. Even the ability to hone a talent, to have a good job, that comes from God. Nothing you have is your own. All of it is a gift. And we return the first tenth back to him. The tithe. So you, when you take in your money, the first tenth goes to God. Then the second tenth, you have to put in reserves. Now, the reason I think reserves are so important, my friends, is because all the unexpected things should be expected. Does it make sense? Your car, it's going to break down. The things in your house, that stuff's going to break down too. And guess what? Your body, that thing's going to break down also, right? Stuff breaks in a fallen world. And a wise steward of the resources that God has given is always ready for what is inevitable, Right? So when someone says, listen, I don't have enough money because my car broke down, anybody who owns a car realizes that your car breaks down. And if you're like, well, I don't want to buy a car, so I have a bike, your bike's going to break down. I've been there. I mean, I, there was a time when I was a church planner, I rode a bike. We had one car, Lynn had the car with the kids, and I rode a bike in the middle of the winter in the East Coast. And it was amazing the things that would go on to that bike. I mean, I got four bicycles stolen where we were living. That was super fun. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, there's tires or, you know, getting nails in the tires. All sorts of things. The brakes go out on it. It was crazy. I got hit by a car a couple times. Like, that makes total sense. You know what I mean? It's like, like that stuff just happens. So you have to expect that unexpected things should be expected. And so a wise steward says, when my income comes in, I give 10%, right? And then I save 10%. Because I'm always ready in reserves for what is inevitable things that are going to need money that I'm not prepared for. And then you enjoy the rest. Now, I say the word enjoy the rest because God can direct you in infinite numbers of ways with that other 80%. 
What I found is that you don't have to only give 10%. You can give as much as you want. You don't have to only save 10%. You could save as much as you want. But that other 80% ends up being the things that you use and utilize. Now, if I were to give you now, if you were to take that vision for your finances, I'm going to use simple math, but kind of crude math to show you how this would work. So imagine you made $1,000 a month, right? If you made $1,000 a month, if you were to give 10%, then you give 100 bucks to the work of the Lord and the local church, right? So now you have 900 bucks left, and then you save $100, and now you have $800 left, and then with the remaining $800, you pay for your rent, your food, your car, gas, medical bills, cell phone bills, entertainment. Now, when we do it that way, you see how the reason why all of us or many of us struggle so much with credit card debt. Because you don't have a vision for it. See, you're saying that's impossible, but if you have the vision for it, I'm here to tell you, if you have the vision for it, now all of a sudden you begin to reorganize your life around the vision. See, remember when I told you that Lynn and I were in a bad spot? As a young believer, I learned that you should give. So we always gave. When we were, when we had no money, we always gave. We always gave the Lord his tithe. We just, I read it in the scriptures. I'm like, man, that's just how you live. We live generous. God's generous. We're just going to do that. But I never paid myself second, right? And so we didn't have anything in reserves, but I never actually looked at the budget saying, this is how much money comes in. If I want to give God what he deserves and I want to make sure that I'm preparing my family for what isn't inevitable and then How do we live on the rest? And because I wasn't doing any of that stuff, the amount of money that we needed to do everything else, given the other things we're trying to do, it just didn't add up. So, of course, you pull the credit card out. You start swiping, 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 swiping. And then before you know it, you're totally in debt. And that's how it goes for most of us. Now, I know some of you are saying right now, okay, so Fusco, if that's the case, how do we start? And here's the way you start. Right now, no matter where you are, if you're not giving anything, you should start giving something to the Lord. Start with 1%, start with 2%, but that's not the goal. That's just the starting place. If right now you have $0 in savings, the next time you get paid, put 1% of your income into reserves. You have to just start the process. But your goal isn't just to start the process and leave it there. The goal is to start the process and then start to redesign your finances to get all this stuff done. And what I will tell you is that if you begin the process, you will actually get there. Because what I can tell you is for Lynn and I, when we began this process, me and her, we sat down. I said, look, this is, you know, someone had told me this. I know it's true. We are giving, but we have to do these other things. We have to get out of debt. We have to do all these things. This is how I want to do it. She's like, okay, let's do it. And it took us about 14 months. And it was hard. And when we did a budget, we realized, okay, we can't eat out the way we're eating out. We have to actually budget what we spend for clothes. And, and there's all these things. And like, you know, maybe we should get rid of the TV. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff. Like, you know, we can't afford all of these channels. We had all those kind of hard decisions. But when God gives you a vision, it's not scary to do that. Like when God gave me the vision to marry Lynn, it wasn't scary to forsake all other relationships with females except for this one. It was like, that's just what you do. And when God gives you a vision for your finances, is it hard? Yes, but you have a vision. So you just go do that thing. And what I will tell you is that we began a process of learning how to live out what is the most simple of visions. We give a tenth, we save a tenth, and we enjoy the rest. Now, here's what I would say. In regards to giving, everybody knows what it says in Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 to 10, 
right? Where it says, will a man rob God yet? You have robbed me. And they, so, but they say, in what ways have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this day, the Lord of hope, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will be no room enough to receive it. Now, people freak out with that verse. But you hear what he's saying? He's saying, look, if you don't give in generous with me, then act. I see it as robbing me, and I can't bless you the way that I want to bless you. It's totally illogical to the contemporary mind when you say, actually, when you give, God will give you more. It doesn't make any sense. That's exactly what he says. And I could bring hundreds of people from our family of faith up here to tell you their story about this. We're like, this is what I was doing. This is where I was. I started to give, and this is what God did. Right, And for many of you, you're like, I would love to have that testimony. You can only have that testimony if you honor the Lord with your giving. And so it's a crazy thing how it works. But as we always say, when you take a step of faith, guess what? God meets you on the step of faith. The provision that God gives you is in the step of faith, not before it. Because if he provides for you before it, then guess what? It's not a step of faith. So you have to take the step of faith and you have to say, okay, okay, Lord, I'm trying this thing. That's what your word says. And then you see what God does. And then you're just like, why didn't I do this before? That's how it works. Now, with your savings, common practice says that in reserves, you should have six months of your operating expenses. That's common wisdom. That if you had no money come in, you can survive for six months without any income coming in. Right, That's like the benchmark. So for each one of you in your own, the way that your lifestyle works and all that stuff, it's like your goal should be six months. Now, I know some of you are like, I'm never going to have that in savings. right? Because guess what? When I did that and I heard that and I wrote that thing down, I did the count. That was my first thought. Like, I have no money in savings and I'm in debt. How am I ever going to get there? And I was like, that's impossible. But I'm here to tell you, guess what? When you have a vision... And you're giving to the Lord and you're paying yourself second and then you're enjoying the rest. Guess what happens? Before you know it, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm there. I just talked to somebody just last week who just landed there. We've been talking about it and they're just like, I thought it was impossible. But you just do it and you do it. You work on it and you work on it. And before you know it, you get there. So you want to have six months of living expenses sitting available to you. In case you would have need it. You know, that's the goal. Now, as you begin to enjoy the rest, I just want to give you this piece of information and we'll move on. And if you have more questions, I could talk to you about this for years. But they also say common wisdom says that your housing expenses should be no more than 30% of your income. Right? And so I put those kind of pieces of information out there because for many of us, one of the problems that we have is that our 30% of our income is not what we're paying in housing. We're paying way more. And when that happens, then, of course, then all your budgeting gets really, really scary. You know, what Lynn and I began to realize when we realized that budgeting is a vision document, and we started living a vision-based view of our finances, then all of a sudden we had to say, oh, guess what? The way that we're living is actually above our means, and we need to either find better jobs or work harder or take side jobs in order to live at this level or we need to lower what our standard of living is. 
Because when you're living a, a vision-based view of this stuff, that's what you start to do. You start to make those uncomfortable decisions. But what we found is by making those uncomfortable decisions, we actually became way more comfortable. Because when you're, when you're living outside your means, although you're enjoying it, you're really not enjoying it because it's creating all sorts of stress on the other side because all these other things we can't do. And so we started to realize that when we started to live this way, now all of a sudden, yeah, we had to adjust some things and we're like, okay, we're going to get rid of that and we're going to stop doing that. And, you know, instead of like going out and buying a nice TV, like we'd find someone who was throwing one out and be like, is it work? Yeah, we'll take it, you know. And when we had the lousy TV, we didn't want to watch the TV less anyway because it looked terrible on it anyway, you know. And so we're just like, okay, so we're saving money there. And, you know, and then before you know, you're like, hey, because I'm not watching TV, I'm reading the Bible. Hey, that's really good. Hey, we're spending more time together. And so we're talking to each other and say, yelling at the TV, great. You know, well, I yell at the TV, Lynn doesn't, but you know what I mean? And it's like, and so you have all that stuff that goes on. And then you're like, oh, actually, this is way better. But I didn't realize it was better. I was doing it all the other, the wrong way, right? And so, you give a tenth, you save a tenth, and then you enjoy the rest. Best piece of financial advice that I could give you. Now, from there, fourth key. Debt is not your friend. Debt is not your friend. I know we live in a debt-laden culture. Brothers and sisters, debt is not your friend. To whoever you owe money, you are a slave to that. That's just how it goes. The Bible says, this is what it says in Romans chapter 13, verse 8. It says, owe no one anything except to love one another. So when it says, owe no one anything, you know what anything means? Anything. So listen, if you have credit card debt, you are, in a sense, a slave to the credit card company. You have to make sure you can service that debt. Now, the one thing that I will say is that there is place in, for what you could call, quote-unquote, equitable debt. Most people think of equitable debt as their house. Except for anybody who bought a house before the real estate market crash, you realize that that was not an equitable debt. You have to realize that this is how this stuff goes. An equitable debt is something that you could sell and recoup your money right away. And really, realistically, someone says, well, you know, I have a car payment. Car payment is debt. You drive a car off of a lot, it loses 30% of its value. So you have to realize what you're doing. Debt's not your friend. And we live in a culture that's actually designed to keep you in debt. If you have a credit card and then you have, you run a balance on it and you pay it off, you notice they give you more credit line? You know why they do that? Not because they think you're wonderful. They realize they can make money off you. It's a business decision for them. You're carrying debt. You keep paying it every month. They're collecting interest from you. As long as you keep paying it, they're like, we'll give you more room to go into more debt because we just want to collect your interest. That's how the banks work. I'm not anti-bank. I get what it is, but it's a business thing. Banks don't care about you. You're there. You give them your money. They give you a little bit of interest in your savings account. They take your money and they put other people in debt and they collect money off of them and they make a lot of money in the process. Right? Now, I'm not anti-bank, but like when you start to learn how this all works, you begin to realize... All the banks want is to put you in debt. That's why how many of us every single day or a couple of times a week, you go to your mailbox and there is an offer for a line of credit for you. Almost all of us, even if you're terrible with money, why? Because they're hoping if I give you that and you go into debt, we'll make money off of you every single month, which is exactly what they want. But that's not your friend. So listen, if you're in debt, you need to come up with a plan to get out of debt. 
My recommendation is always, whatever your highest interest debt is, you want to attack that one first. That's taking the most money out of your pocket. And I'm here to tell you, as somebody who's been in credit card debt, who's had debt of different sorts, I'm here to tell you, if you have a vision to get out of debt, you will. But for most of us, we're in debt, we're growing that debt, and we're never doing anything to alleviate that debt. And really what goes on is that over time, the big problem is the fact that we always think that at some point in the future, something's going to happen that's going to get us out of debt. And for almost everybody, that something never happens. So you live your life accumulating more and more debt. But when you realize that we should owe no one anything except to love another person. I just want to share one quick story on this. One of the greatest things that grieves me today as it relates to the younger generation is that the younger generation is coming out of school with so much debt that they actually can't go on the mission field anymore. The number of times someone wants to go on the mission field and they're carrying all this debt and then you say to them, listen, you really can't raise support to pay for your bad financial decisions. You need to come up with a plan to get out of debt before you can go on the mission field. Because why should God's people have to pay for your life decisions so that you can go serve the Lord? And really what's going on is we have almost no young people stepping on out into the work of the ministry cross-culturally because of the debt that they're carrying. And what's amazing is that's not only true of younger people, that's true of older people as well. The number of older people are like, I would love to go serve the Lord in this capacity, but I can't because of this debt and this debt and this thing I have to get fixed. And so we have to realize that debt's not our friend. And here's my last one. And it's simply this. And nobody likes this one, but it's so true. Slow and steady, it wins the race. If you read the book of Proverbs, it's absolutely astounding how often it talks about how wealth is created slowly. See, really the problem is, is we live in a world that everyone wants to get wealthy quickly, right? But really what you find is if you read the research on people who have windfalls of money, they almost end up losing it all at enormous, like it's like almost 90% of people. Like people who win the lottery, they run out of money. We always hear about these athletes who make all this money and all of a sudden they're going bankrupt. Why is that? Because the ability to handle resources takes character. And really the character is built over time. When all of a sudden you have a windfall, if you don't have the character to be able to navigate it, then you squander it. And so what God wants for us is to learn how to persevere with vision and say, every single day, I'm going to live into this vision. I'm going to work on these things. I'm going to grow in these areas. I'm going to become a person who is generous and I'm going to be someone who's wise enough to realize that the unfortunate, unexpected things are actually very normal and they happen all the time. Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel's five keys to financial freedom ended today with a simple fact. You need to take it slowly, getting out of debt, And building a savings takes time, and really, it's a reflection of your spiritual life, too. You don't go from new believer to completely sanctified in one day. Living life with and for Jesus takes time to develop, but the path is worth it. Take each day as it comes and discover how God can impact you right where you are. 
Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Today's message wrapped up Pastor Daniel's five keys to financial freedom. These basic principles painted a picture of what stewarding God's money looks like for your life. With these keys to freedom applied to your finances, you'll continue to discover God's blessing and be able to live generously toward others. What a gift to be able to give without regret and be able to impact the kingdom with God's resources. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.